Hello, hello, welcome to the Safe House Travel Diary. I'm your host, Suha. Well, look at us, we made it to the finale of season one, Three Nights in Beirut. This episode begins with a flash forward to December, 2022. I had returned to Beirut to handle some unfinished business. I was there to meet a young woman, an interior designer actually, whose story showed me that I still had a lot to learn about life in post-2020 Lebanon. The episode continues as I spend the end of day three the way I started it, coordinating meetups with two artists that represent two generations of Lebanese rappers, Lipos and Nuj. And I was trying to make the best of my final hours in Lebanon before sprinting to the airport with Medina. Welcome to episode seven, Sharaf. Welcome to the season finale of the Safe House Travel Diary, a global exploration of hip-hop in misunderstood places. This season, you traveled with me, Soha, a mama and Lebanese immigrant, to my motherland, meeting hip-hop artists in their personal safe houses, where they live and create. This is the finale of season one, Three Nights in Beirut. It was before noon on December 28th, 2022. I was wearing the same clothes I slept in last night. They were the same clothes I flew in. I arrived the night before, but my suitcase was lost and there was no time to shop. Let's on. Meeting her was my first and most important item of business in Beirut. I could tell by the way that she sat with her arms crossed as we walked in that she wasn't happy. We were 20 minutes late. We worked quickly to set up. I jumped in, okay. nervous, okay, so fumbling, unable to remember how to speak Arabic. It was my first day back since being here in September. Lou Pfeiffer has this song called Sharaf, Honor. She stands at the edge of her city with the police at her door. She sings, Mother, forgive me. My situation is difficult. My dues are heavy. And this crime is a means. She's in her last moments saying, Hasta la muerte. 
to the death, my love. And as I sat with the frustrated interior designer in front of me, I was learning what this was all about. Back in September at the iHeart Beirut sign, it was almost sunset and it was questionable whether either of my interviews for the day were going to happen. The veteran producer, rapper, and DJ, Lipos, was entangled in a complicated situation with a plumber, that had already taken up most of his day and was pushing our appointment further back. At least eight. How about this? Let's say your plumber like shows up on time, he fixes the problem, and you have all this spare time left. Hit me up. Hit me up and see where I am. Perfect. Yeah, I think this is the best option we can have. Actually, mainly the I'm sorry, I'm going to give him a call. You know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Otherwise, I'll catch you on Zoom, inshallah. Definitely. Yalla, hopefully, we'll do live and not on Zoom. So I will keep you posted. Saleh and I were killing time, waiting for Noosh to send us a pin drop of his location. We had plans to meet him at his place in the Shouf Mountains, about 40 minutes outside Beirut. I watched Saleh smoke a cigarette as he stood at the curb of the sidewalk. And I couldn't help but laugh as he stood before me in super skinny jeans and a sheer black top with shiny silver glitter on it. Saleh suggested we just head towards the shoof anyway. I asked, aren't you going to get cold in that? I had a light sweater in my backpack for the ride up the mountain, but Saleh scoffed at the idea that he would get cold and said he'd be fine. I jumped on and we headed south. And as the air changed to the scent of banana orchards and sea salt, I realized that we were on that familiar highway that led out of Beirut and to the south of Lebanon. And I wished I had just a few more hours to get there, to go to my village and visit my grandparents' graves. We reached the point where the Damud River that flows from the Shouf meets the Mediterranean and stopped to watch the sunset. I was prepared to head back to Beirut and start packing. I checked my messages one last time and... Okay, so I am done with the whole Sangare stuff. Lipos was available. And where do you want to meet? I'm so sorry, so hard. sorry, sorry, sorry. And so was Noosh. Here he is emphatically apologizing and cussing about how he couldn't reach out sooner because his phone died just as the power cut off. Now I had a choice to make between whether to head back to Beirut and meet Lipos, a veteran of the scene, or to follow the Damud River up to the Shouf, 
and meet Noosh. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on, but I can't go anymore. I'm so sorry. But yo, like, when you're done with your appointment at nine, if you're available, hit me up. Maybe I'm around. Um, I'm sitting next to a river right now. That's why you hear water. It's, I'm not like taking a shower or anything. So yeah, dude, hit me up if you're free, like later on tonight. <laughs> See ya. Yo, if you told me that you're gonna be busy because you're going to a river, I would have went with you. <laughs> like, fuck this sangari dude. The air got colder as we got higher up the mountain, cutting straight to the bones. My fingers and toes felt frozen. Saleh was practically topless with that ridiculous shirt on. I scooted forward on the seat and closed the gap between us. I crossed my arms around him to shield him from the cold air. It took just under an hour and a half to make the 40-minute ride to Nuj's place. Disconnected from the internet and cell phone signal and at risk of getting lost, we borrowed a Dikene owner's phone to call Nuj to come find us and pick us up. <laughs> After Nuj called the shop owner as promised to let him know that we arrived safely, I jumped right into my conversation. Uh, Ismak, like your first name, your last name? With Saleh and a couple of Nuj's friends. <laughs> we sat in a living room filled with photos and trinkets and his parents were watching TV in the next room. Thank you, okay. I jumped right in in the way that's become customary for me, with an indulgently long introduction about myself. I told him about these videos that made me curious about hip hop movements. There's two videos, okay? The first video was of Nuj and Ziggy, and I'll come back to that later. The other one was posted by a 13-year-old rapper from Palestine named MC Abdul. Abdul blends scenes of everyday life with lyrics delivered in English about his life as a kid in Gaza. Nuj and Saleh both super admire his work with Saleh adding, Rap came from the streets, right? Well, these are the streets. Then I saw that video of you and Ziggy. Yeah. Like doing that freestyle? Yeah. With the hat? <laughs> okay, can you play it, Fina, in the song? Walla, walla, hmm. 
بعرف ترك نيا بيبي يا بيبي دقيلي اتليست انا العفريت بكتبلك التراك وبقولك بحبك بخونك بس انا اتغيرت اكيد راسي ولا غلط فيه راسي يوجد مرض فيه غلا المعيشة الحب رخيص من برا جميل ومن جوا كلبيس رحت اتمنيك على ابليس واصحابه وخافوا وقاموا الصلاة عم بشرب موسيقتي بظبط الراس كل ما عم فجر بزيد الضباب لك رحت اتمنيك على ابليس واصحابه وخافوا وقاموا الصلاة بدعس دولي بعلني على انه بقولوا سابني And that freestyle that's called Yemenaic, I'll let you look up what that means, was my first real exposure to Lebanese hip hop. I was drawn in by their irreverence. Dressed in all black and a bucket hat, Nusha's performance and wordplay was insane. So I put this there from Istanbul and I'm like, oh my God, Beirut is two hours away and Chino's concert is on Sunday. Danny Yeoman's concert. I told him about these videos that made me curious about hip hop movements and how that curiosity coalesced with good timing to give me a chance at music journalism here in Lebanon. Danny Yeoman's concert. I'm fucking doing it. I'm doing it. I started, I talked to him. I started messaging rappers. The night we met in September 2022, Nuja just signed a deal with Beirut Records and Entertainment, alongside Ziggy and a cohort of emerging young rappers. That night, Nuja played music for us, including unreleased tracks off his upcoming EP, produced by Aladdin and Najib Saab. Everything Nush told me that night came back to authenticity. He wanted me to understand that his music is a reflection of his life growing up in a small town, in the same way that MC Abdul conveys life in Gaza. Nush said, I didn't get into rap to talk about hooking up or using drugs or any of the other things everyone raps about. But those things happened. I write what happened. And my superpower is being real. I tell things like they are. That's it. I can't sleep at night knowing I've lied on a track. I can lie in real life. People do it all the time. You can't lie in music because the lie will follow you. 
and it's not nice to have to hear your own lies. The point for Nuj is to make a real rap that's based on lived experiences, cliche topics or not. Nuja's aim is to serve up painful ideas in a way that makes you feel the pain too. To him, a wasted bar sticks out like a pimple on the face. And it's like, it's cool because the track is like super serious, but like a little break, you know? He explained this line in the song about his girlfriend eating Nutella at the end of her period. While you're crying, don't you ever throw out a joke and just start laughing? It's the same thing with songs. I'm crying. I'm crying words. And that's the thing about Nuj. He'll look you right in the eye and make you laugh and charm you while simultaneously digging the knife deeper into your side. Here's Aladdin talking about working with Nuj. When it comes to Nuj, it's a whole different game. Incredible way he writes. And he's genuine when it comes to wanting to express and wanting to show what you're made of. He experienced like tons of pain and he's not afraid of actually telling it. There's no better example of Nuja's storytelling than the song Beat Le Najib. It was produced by Najib Saab, and Najib is insane. Give him a glass and he'll make a beat from it. Nuj explained, this song is everything, it's my whole life. He was going to perform the track live. I picked up my audio recorder from the coffee table where it sat between us and asked Nuj to hold it like a microphone. He started the music and took a breath. Saleh leaned over to me and said, We're going to have to leave soon. Suddenly, I was a six-year-old not wanting to leave the playground all over again. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel the same. Yeah, man. For some reason, Saul only spoke to me in English when he was managing our time. But it was true, we needed to get down the mountain, and Medina and I needed to go home. Nuj got us back on track and restarted the song. 
Ja, ich bin mal The title Beat Le Najib means Beat by Najib, and Noosh jumps right into the song saying, Give me a beat by Najib so I can massacre it. The lyrics go on to talk about the present day saying, This is the sound of reality. Because of inflation, I'm depressed and smoking. From my perspective, this is as good as life will be. Nuj is lamenting the lost promise of a future he'll never get to see, a future like Ziggy's and the rest of the youth of Lebanon, a future more uncertain than the Lebanon their parents grew up in. And let's not forget, their parents lived through the civil war. In one lyric, in typical Nuj fashion, he throws in a joke saying, the regime has denied us everything. Forget about eating without a diet. And he explained, they denied us everything from freedom to anything we need. And I don't want to go on a diet when I eat. There's no food anyway. <laughs> and that's how we ended the night laughing. Yeah. Before leaving, he insisted I see the walls in his room. According to Nuj, it was necessary in order to understand why the songs sound the way they do. Four large photos hung above two twin beds pushed together against another wall with the window. The wall with the photos was covered in writing and drawings. Nush told me the kids in the pictures were his siblings and explained the inside jokes and lyrics written on the wall. Yeah. One quote was from the Palestinian rapper Shabishdit. It said, to be a poet, one must learn and forget a thousand poems. And his wall was full of stuff like that. I asked him about the wall with the window. It was covered in tick marks. Yeah. What were you counting? The days I didn't sleep. Why not? It's buried in the music. Yeah. Yeah, but we're here to unearth mummies. <laughs> and he said, they represented every time I died and had to bring myself back to life.
Noosh handed me a marker and asked if I wanted to draw on the wall. Yeah. I crossed the line. I'm so excited for your future. Well, I'm excited. Thank you. I'm going to be the one to know the world. I'm Noosh. That's going to be the one. He told me he was excited about my future too, and that I was made for this. I told him how it was a long journey that led to the point where I am now. Thank you. To pursue a lifelong passion for storytelling and independent journalism. I told him about how my heart was broken. You know what I mean? And he said, of course it was broken. That's why you're here now. If you didn't get slapped in the face, you wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be who you are. I needed to be at the airport in eight hours. It was time to go. We said goodbye, and I promised his mom that I would come back and spend the day with her. And as we pulled away from his house, he stood at the doorway and watched us drive away. And I wondered what life would be like for him and for me the next time we met. <laughs> okay, this is the one I sent him. <laughs> I don't were, know, man. We were on but, the river, you know, right? Like, it was my last night in Beirut. Well, sorta. It was already the next day, 2 a.m. I had to leave for the airport in a few hours. <laughs> Saleh and I were on the roof of his co-living space, having a last cigarette. I was listening to my messages and taking in everything that happened that night. <laughs> The moment you're hearing was the culmination of a day-long inside joke that Saleh and I had going about Lipos Plumber, who kept throwing off our plans for the day. And we were out of steam and delirious at that point, tired but not wanting to go home, because going home meant that the trip was over. <laughs> then I got a message from Lipos and asked Saleh if he had enough energy for one more interview. 
if he's available, we're not going to be. Did I hear you? I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go Bro. Bro. <laughs> Alright, tell me you're awake, bro. Tell me you're awake and you're available. We're at Ben Hamra. We just came back from an epic adventure talking to Noosh. That guy's fucking insane, man. Oh my god. Speaking of the future, ugh, where are you, dude? Are you available? Please tell me you're available. Let's make this happen. <laughs> And it turns out he was at a bar nearby that was about to close. I usually DJ in with gear over Fifteen minutes later, he walked in asking, <laughs> "How much do you hate me before even meeting me?" I don't know what the universe did, but like we both. Like, uh, ended up being, oh, okay, I don't want to go home, fuck it, I'm coming here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lipos is short for Beat La Lipos. So my name originally was Lipos. Mm -hmm. So they started saying Beat La Lipos. Remember what that means? Beat by Lipos. I said, okay, fuck it, I'm changing my name to Beat La Lipos. Yeah. And this is how, how it started. He's been battle rapping, dropping music, and freelance producing for over a decade with artists from across the Lebanese hip-hop spectrum and beyond. I knew I had to meet Lipos because I had seen him in so many old school videos from El Arena and Hip Hop Essentials. But what ended up happening during this conversation was that he turned the tables on me, asking me the questions. The question, if I want to be yeah, very yeah. direct. Yeah, I want, I want to know the question. Why you are interested in doing interviews with hip hop? Why am, am I here? Why are you here? Yeah. Right now, hip-hop, it's taking the local color of everywhere it goes. My gut told me you have to be in, in people's homes. Why you're here in Lebanon, in a very collapsing country? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> He described how dysfunctional things had become, how you have to coordinate your life around sporadic power and unreliable generators, that there's internet problems and extreme water rationing. I clarified, you're talking about drinking water, right? Shut up. It's just water to drink. No, no. And Lipos waited for me to figure it out. Oh, it's water to use for your. Yeah. لأنه كتير بشعة تفوت الدق السيفون وطلع إنه ما في ماي. شو بعمل فيهم خيو؟
I haven't spent the summer in Lebanon in years, and I didn't realize how complicated daily living had become. I said, That's how it is, huh? And Saleh replied under his breath, Akhtar. Akhtar. Worse. Akhtar. Everyone is trying to leave. Do you know how many friends I drove to the airport this month alone? How many? How many close friends? Six. Those are the people's I people I turn to whenever I have a problem. I'm so sorry to hear this that. Is, this, is how, this is how it is. I fumbled trying to come up with an answer for over an hour, but Lipos kept pressing me. The truth is that I've been asking myself that same question since Istanbul. Why am I going to Lebanon? What am I looking for? How do you define impulsive? Is it impulsive to do something without knowing why? To pursue something without knowing what it is? You're asking what I came for, honestly? Like, this is the first time I'm saying this, but like, I came for hope. You know why? Because I'm mourning. I'm, we're over there, okay? We're over there far away. We watched your revolution on Instagram. You know? I was processing my grief. I was mourning watching Lebanon descend deeper into crisis. And I was mourning my parents' American dream. It's like, and America keeps telling me every day more and more. Every day the voice is louder. You don't belong here. We don't want you here. You don't belong here. We watched America die fucking when they killed George Floyd. It's the same here. So where do you put your hope? It's not that I lost hope, it's just, okay, when mm-hmm. where, where do I put it? I put it into a lost cause. Well, uh, so where no. do you put it? I'm putting my hope in myself. At every stage, I'm trying to do the best I can to excel at what I'm doing and looking at where opportunities take me. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Salah leaned in again and spoke to me in English. We have to end up this as soon as possible. Yeah. So yeah, so we can have like at least three hours before the airport. Keep ending my conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is my second time today, but like no. Uh, okay, a demo now. Yeah, 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 like packing, and then she she's going to US at like eight morning, and like. Thank you, thank you for listening to part one of the season finale of the Safe House Travel Diary. That's right, folks. I will see you next episode for the second and final part of the season finale of Three Nights in Beirut. Until then, be sure to share, review, and rate the Safe House Travel Diary. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard so far. Until next time, peace and much love to you.